the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded. So, how do you feel about paying to promote drag queen family hours? You may not be aware of it, but you've done it already. Somebody named Jeff McMillan actually wrote this story, but it was put up at PBS.org. It was on, uh, they picked it up from uh, the Associated Press. And PBS.org, of course, is the public broadcasting system, which we pay for because the government forces us to. Here's the headline, uh, Political Rhetoric, False Claims, Obscured the History of Drag Performance. And then the first sentence of the story tells you all you need to know. Here it is. Lately, drag has been dragged through the mud. Now, my question, of course, would be, why wouldn't it be dragged through the mud? It's stupid. It's men dressing up as women, uh, really ugly women in most cases. Here's what McMillan writes. uh, Drag story hours in which performers read to children in libraries, bookstores, or other venues have become popular in recent years. The events use a captivating character to get their child's attention. Any parent whose kids can't take their eyes off Elsa from Frozen gets the idea. The difference here is that the goal is to get kids interested in reading. Yeah, that's unquote. Uh, So let's dress up some overweight men in women's clothes and have them twerk at the library. That'll get the kids away from their smartphones and their tablets and get them to beg their parents to take them to the library. Now, it's fine if this guy wants to write the story for the Associated Press and the Associated Press wants to pick it up, but most normal parents don't want their kids anywhere near anybody's drag queen show. And if they were given a choice, they wouldn't pay a nickel to have it promoted. What the story is, really, is just one more really good advertisement for the government to get out of the media business. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk to a guy who's done the best analysis I've seen on uh, what to expect here in Pennsylvania next week. And it's not good news for Democrats. And in our second half hour, Project 21's blueprint for a better deal for black America. Stick around. This election, everything's at stake. Our safety, our jobs, our retirements. And far left John Fetterman would only make things worse. With the liberals in Washington driving our economy into the ground and a crime wave sweeping our neighborhoods. John Fetterman's solutions are reckless and wrong. Over and over, he was the only vote on the pardon board to free dangerous thugs. And he already tried to raise our state income tax rate. While Biden and Pelosi's disastrous economic agenda is hurting PA families, Fetterman wouldn't stand up to them because he can't. He's already supported their job-killing taxes, pushing more spending that'll bring more inflation destroying a lifetime of retirement savings. They've cost us so much. We don't have to live like this if we stop John Fetterman. Senate Leadership Fund paid for and is responsible for the content of this advertising. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. www.senateleadershipfund.org When you have errands to run, do you like to run all over town or do you try to make as few stops as possible? It's nice when you can get everything in one place, isn't it? This is Beth Andrews from Networth Advisors. I believe the same is true for retirement planning. You shouldn't have to go to one place for tax planning, another for estate planning, and another for retirement income planning. That's why Networth Advisors was started. I wanted to build a company that could help families with all aspects of their retirement planning. We're more than just convenient. We're knowledgeable and experienced. To set up a meeting with the Networth Advisors team to talk about your retirement, call 800 800- 426-1428. That's 800-426-1428. One stop for a wealth of retirement solutions. Net Worth Advisors, 800-426-1428. 
Firm offers insurance services but does not provide legal advice. Networth Advisors LLC is a registered investment advisor. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. Balance of nature. Changing the world one life at a time. I've been taking supplements and things like that. I stay away from medicine and drugs and you know, all the stuff that the doctors and pharmaceuticals and stuff like that, I just don't like it. And I've all the supplements that I've been taking throughout the years, and they're, they were good. They're more on the high end, but nothing compares to the balance of nature, just not even close. Well, because I've been running up this hill for 50 years, when I take something different, I can tell the difference in how I feel running because it's the same path I've run for 50 years. A half a mile uphill, and I'm really pumping when I get to the top. And I can tell the difference if I've had the balance of nature's fruits and veggies or if I haven't. Start your journey. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get free shipping. And don't forget to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code BALANCE. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. How by uh, this time next week, we could actually know who won the elections for governor and senator here in Pennsylvania. But (laughs) this is Pennsylvania, and a week from now, we could be a week away or maybe a month away from knowing. Charles McElwee is a writer for CityJournal.org, and based on his most recent column, Democrats uh, look to be in big trouble. He joins us now. Charles, thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it. Hey, John. Good to be with you. Uh, I, I remember that you are a Pittsburgh guy originally. No, I'm actually east of the Susquehanna River, but my, my father lived in Pittsburgh for years, so I, I know it quite yeah. well. Yeah, I knew that you had a Pittsburgh connection yeah. there. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, you broke down Pennsylvania better than I think I've seen uh, anywhere, and the main theme uh, seems to be that it's looking a lot like 2006. So so what happened in 2006? So let's go back. All right, that's more than 15 years ago, but let's think about all the working class regions, the whole, the entire state, the mood that year. It was a very anti-Republican mood. And the reason was the Bush administration at the time, of course, there was the Iraq war, and the Iraq war was deeply unpopular, including in places where there was a high level of military service among younger residents in the, the struggling communities that were battered hard by manufacturing decline offshoring to China and just total economic discontent being a theme in these communities throughout Pennsylvania. And at that time, a lot of these places which were historically Democrat. They were directing their ear toward the Bush administration and the Republican Party. And they felt that the Bush administration did not respond to their economic concerns, their plight. That summer, gas was $3 a gallon. Bush was proposing immigration policies that today you would associate with the Democratic Party. And, of course, you have the war. And what happened? Republicans got crushed. They were punished across the board. Congressional seats flipped. Plenty of electoral surprises down ballot. And fast forward to today, the mood is very similar. Those places that were Democrat in 2006, they're Republican today. But even in the suburbs where crime and the economy are also top concerns, there are plenty of people out there who you may not hear it in the polls, but are willing to vote Republican when they consider where the Democratic Party is right now. I live just outside of Philadelphia now in a suburb that has been solidly blue, but I'm even struck by the number of Republican yard signs I'm seeing. So I think that cycle is worth looking back to when you consider the mood the week out from Election Day. 
So, so are a lot of the Democrats who beat up on the Republicans back then now registered Republicans? Well, you, know, you think of Westmoreland County, for example. I mean, that was a solidly blue county in 2006, and today essentially all elected offices are held by Republicans. It's a Republican-majority county. But a good illustration of this would actually be Luzerne County in northeastern Pennsylvania. Back then, uh, you, you had a county that was solidly Democrat. And, but nevertheless, they were conservative in their viewpoints. They didn't share Bush's perspective on immigration. In fact, that year, Lou Barletta, who was mayor of Hazleton, introduced a, a municipal ordinance to crack down on illegal immigration. That's what set him on the national stage. Mm-hmm. And of course, by 2018, he ran for Senate and ran for governor earlier this year. So you had this discontent among old labor Democrats who are now registered Republicans today the challenge is, of course, as so many Republican areas in the suburbs are now trending Democrat now, but the two themes, even in the suburbs, are personal safety, you know, public safety, and economic safety. And people feel vulnerable, and they're directing their anger toward Democrats. So we're trading Republicans for Democrats and Democrats for Republicans? Uh, uh, because I'm always surprised uh, in some of the uh, affluent, more more affluent or upper middle class at the very least neighborhoods in Pennsylvania, I'm surprised by the number of Fetterman and Shapiro signs I see. And, uh, you know, you, you see a Fetterman, uh, a multiple Fetterman signs in front of million-dollar homes. Uh, it's, it just doesn't fit. It doesn't seem to make sense to me. So those are – are those former Republicans – who, when they bought the million-dollar house uh, 30 years ago, were Republicans, and now they're Democrats? So they're the Republicans that back in 06, when there was exit polling, when those voters, those upper-middle-class voters in prosperous suburbia were asked about how they felt about the economy, they pulled high on being satisfied with the economy's direction. They were happy with Bush's presidency. It was the working class that was unhappy with Bush's presidency. And lest we forget Trump won in part in 2016, especially in the primary, by calling the Bush years out, mm-hmm. and that helped him. But exactly, you, you, even where I am, a Radder Township outside of Philadelphia, you see those signs for Federman and Shapiro in front of the million-dollar homes, but they're unaffected by the consequences of the policies that they support. So they're not going into Center City. They're not commuting into a city neighborhood. They don't have to deal with uh, the threat of crime. But there are still plenty of people, even in suburbia, this is still extremely populous, who you have even six-figure fam- family households that are struggling right now. They, you, you have three or four children. You're, you're, you're dealing with rising gas prices, grocery prices. You may have a child going to college in the city. That's, th- those families are willing to vote for Oz, for example, or maybe just sit it out. But you don't see those Fetterman signs in the blue-collar regions that he's trying to reach. He's not their working-class populist hero. He's the he's a, a hero to places like Chestnut Hill, or you'll see signs of Swickley. That's his base. That's interesting. So, because he's selling himself, or the Democratic Party is trying to sell him as this working-class guy. Um, and of course, he never had a really, never really had a job. But that's another issue. But they're they're pushing him as this blue collar hero, and there's nothing about him that actually really should appeal to a blue collar person. Well, he's crafted this persona for 15 years. It started around 08 or 09. Rolling Stone ran the story about Fetterman called the Mayor of Hell about his leadership in Braddock and how he was saving the struggling community that transitioned into a Levi's campaign that helped him raise money for the, for the borough. And you fast forward and that image was accommodated and, and nurtured by the press. Even the summer, it was only in August that we were told that Fetterman was trolling his way to victory, that his campaign was running this internet savvy mission to get this, blue-collar folk hero into Washington. But I never, even then, when we read those stories in the media, 
if you travel anywhere in the state, nobody bought it. Oz's unfavorables may be high, but that's because he came out of a, a bruising primary. I mean, that was a brutal fight. Yep. His opponent, David McCormick, ran an extremely expensive campaign. And nevertheless, voters, even if they question Oz's authenticity, he has an R next to his name. And so many voters I talk to in Pennsylvania are voting for Oz next Tuesday out of economic self-interest. Yeah, and, and uh, just uh, so you know, and I don't know about where you hang out, but in this neighborhood that I visit quite a bit, uh, not neighborhood, but, well, it's Mount Lebanon, I'll tell you that. That's and I, I grew up there uh, in that area, and I don't live there now, but I, I spend time in there quite a bit. And the same people that have the Fetterman signs now had the Black Lives Matter, everybody's welcome here, we love immigrant signs in their front yard. Uh, they're not, I don't see them anymore. Uh, but these are people who have lived in these homes for a long time and haven't had a black person or any non-white person living within 10 miles of them for probably in their lives. But they were, boy, they just, they welcome everybody. They just don't want to live around them because they, they choose not to. So I, there's there's a... It's all phony to me. This whole, uh, you know, it's liberals, and so that I guess I'm saying it. It, it doesn't surprise me that they've gone from that to Fetterman, because as you say, what he what he stands for and what he wants to do isn't going to affect them. Exactly, and they're just living this self-contained existence where they can comfortably ascribe to these progressive viewpoints, especially in matters of criminal justice. But it, the irony is that the very policies that they support hurt the very communities that they purport to defend. And that's what they don't understand, that in, in these minority neighborhoods and cities like Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, they're suffering the wages of local district magistrates or district attorneys who aren't enforcing the law and therefore are involving criminals that are creating a horrible crisis, ranging from quality of life to just pure safety, in these neighborhoods, yeah, but the, the, they are unaffected by that. The people in Mount Lebanon and Sewickley aren't don't have to worry about getting carjacked uh, at the at the gas station. They're not; it's not happening to them. At least it isn't happening yet. Uh, just a little story because this this kind of this was interesting to me. A, a little diner in Cecil Township called Billy Ann's Diner. I, I happened to go there on uh, Sunday. Nice little place, and uh, it's in Washington County. Uh, and it's a rural area, which was, but it's only you can be in downtown Pittsburgh from there in less than twenty minutes. But it's 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 rural, very rural. And um, so the people in there, including some of the people who worked there, were talking about how uh, how much more expensive the food is and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I just happened to throw out there just for the hell of it. I said, "Hey, um, well, hey, the elections in a week from Tuesday." And the looks on the people's faces in there was so. It was so obvious to me that they can't wait to get into the voting booth and vote against whatever's in there right now. I know, I know that's a small anecdotal little example, but uh, do you find that in places where you go? Everywhere I go. I, and I spend a lot of time in northeastern Pennsylvania, for example. I'm there once or twice a week, and I'm talking to voters there, and even voters who are, remain registered Democrats that – Perhaps they just can't give up that party registration because there's like an ancestral allegiance. Their father was yeah. a Democrat, grandfather. They cannot wait to vote Republican because they're working in a restaurant where they can't find workers. They own a small business where they can't get supplies. They're going into the grocery store and they're walking out of there and wondering how they're going to make ends meet if this continues. And then to top it all off, the cold weather setting in. And half of Pennsylvania households rely on natural gas for heating fuel. Most communities are, you know, the average Pennsylvania community is one of duplex homes built before World War II, and they all rely on natural gas. And you have people living in these homes on fixed incomes. Local municipalities are raising taxes to deal with inflation. The police departments are short-staffed, can't respond to quality of life problems. So, of course, I mean, the, the, the consistent mood I'm encountering throughout Pennsylvania is one of anti, uh, is one of, that's anti-democratic. And, that, and that's why it feels like 06 in the sense of it was only then that you felt that level of anti-Republican. Then you feel that anti-blue today. And that's why I think we'll even see surprises next Tuesday.
We're talking to Charles uh, McElwee. He's a writer for uh, City Journal. You should go to city-journal.org and read his piece. It really breaks it down uh, tremendously about what uh, could happen next Tuesday. Um, So uh, how much of a factor, Charles, um, will crime be, do you think, in this? Yeah, I think it's a huge factor because we we associate – the press associates this issue exclusively with Philadelphia, and mm-hmm. what, that's true. I mean, there was a poll that came out earlier this year by Pew that found that 70% of Philadelphians view public safety as their top concern. But that overlooks the rest of the state. We, we, people forget about the rest of Pennsylvania and how this is a crisis in places like Williamsport, Hazleton, uh, you, the Mon Valley, you, you name it. And in so many of these communities, the school district is the primary employer. And in these school districts, they're dealing with their youth violence crisis. The district attorney in Williamsport recently, for example, put out an advisory that gang members, young teenagers, do not fear violence. So when you add that layer into the mix, you know, you're living in these struggling communities that haven't been doing well anyway, but they're dealing with their own crime problems akin to Philadelphia's. So it's, it's a statewide concern. It's not limited to Philadelphia. It's a top concern in Pittsburgh. It's a top concern in Harrisburg. And that doesn't bode well for Democratic candidates. And you write about the district attorney in Luzerne County, and you quote him. He says, cases that we used to see a case of assault on are now shootings. So it's not just quantity of crime. It's the quality. And that's what's lost in all this. When we talk about crime, we oftentimes associate it with the homicide rate. And that is terrible, and it is a crisis. And in Philadelphia or Pittsburgh, the homicide rate is going up. Pittsburgh's homicide rate's the highest it's been in at least seven years. But the crisis really is random crime. That is surging. Thefts, robberies, random acts of violence. That is an acute problem. It's at crisis proportions, and it's a direct consequence of local elections in recent years that resulted in progressive candidates prevailing and once in office not enforcing the law. What about white women in the suburbs and education? Big switch there? So there was a Wall Street Journal report out this week suggesting that they're even in play this year for Republicans. And I think that would be accurate when you consider just the the, the voter, the on-the-ground voter move, that, that, that sense of disillusionment, the fact that their children are going to these schools where mental health is a crisis. A Center for Rural Pennsylvania, for example, recently came out with a report with staggering stats on the level of depression and and mental health issues among students. And that is a direct consequence, as we all know, the past few years, the COVID restrictions that were enforced in public schools throughout Pennsylvania. And then you add youth violence into the mix and and the fact that many of these uh, white educated women, they have children going to college in cities. And they, of course, worry for their child's safety, as they should, or they worry about their young professional child's safety moving into a city for employment. So when you consider economics, but also just crime as uh, immediate concerns, it will be interesting to see how they vote next Tuesday, what comes out of the next few days. I think we could be looking at some interesting trends uh, for 2022. Uh, finishing up with Charles McElwee for, of CityJournal.org. Uh, Charles, I've got to ask you for a prediction on governor and Senate. <laughs> so uh, the, check out the Real Clear Politics polling average, but Fetterman's about a point ahead. But at this point in 2016, Katie McGinty was well ahead of Toomey. So really, uh, I think it would be an upset for Fetterman to pull this off, consider the vo- considering the voter mood. Josh Shapiro is a different story. Uh, he's well ahead of Mastriano in the polls, and that's in part because he ran an extremely disciplined, moderate campaign, and that plays well in suburbs where there are so many suburbs in Pennsylvania. And even even among those who express crime as a top concern, Mastriano made a miscalculation of running to the right of Trump in 2016. 
and that doesn't play well in suburban areas. We forget that Trump won a lot of suburban areas in 2016, and it's because he avoided the social stuff. And he barely lost Bucks County, for example. He did really well. And uh, I think that plays a part in Shapiro doing so well. He ran a central, centrist campaign, and he has the upper hand next week. Okay. Hey, Charles, always good to have you on. Again, people should check it out at uh, City Journal, city-journal.org. Thanks a lot. Hey, thanks. Okay, Charles McElwee. We'll be right back. SRN News. I'm John Scott. The Federal Reserve has raised its key rate by a substantial three quarters of a point for the fourth time to fight inflation. The Fed's move raised its key short term rate from a range of 3.75% to 4%. Aides to former presidential or President Donald Trump are quietly getting ready for a 2024 presidential campaign that could be announced soon. Trump's former White House chief of staff, Reince Priebus, says, quote, I'm like 95 percent he's going to run, end quote. And Priebus says if other big challengers run, Trump will be very difficult for any Republican to defeat. Another campaign would be a remarkable turn for any former president, especially one who's made history by being impeached twice. I'm Donna Water. This is SRN News. Charlie Dombeck here from Key City Capital. As a practicing CPA for nearly 30 years, I have found that 80% of your ability to grow your wealth is dependent upon two factors, taxes and investment performance. At Key City Capital, we improve investment performance by diversifying capital into off-market investment opportunities in passive rental real estate and alternatives like asset-backed lending. We recover dollars that clients unnecessarily pay in the form of income taxes, creating a lifetime annuity of savings. We are a sponsor of passive, affordable single and multifamily residential rental investments, which are located in Sunbelt landlord-friendly states. These investments are the top choices in a rising interest rate and inflationary environment. They represent a store of value protecting your capital from market volatility. Learn how we at Key City Capital can help you ultimately grow your wealth rapidly. Connect with me at keycitycapital.com or give me a call at 817-912-1569. AM 1250, The Answer. Brandon Tatum, unapologetically Christian and 100% real. We have to talk about these pastors who are the biggest detriment to the black community because when you have the lineage or the spirit of God not disseminated to the people, the people will fail, the people will perish, the people will become secular. And these black pastors, mostly liberal pastors, telling people to vote for things that are not of God is how we've fallen into this situation at hand. we got to talk about this more on the next Officer Tatum Show. The Officer Tatum Show. Later tonight at 7 on AM 1250, The Answer. Everyone is talking about John Fetterman's performance in the Senate debate. Just listen to the news. That was hard to watch. Voters, I think, saw things that will definitely change the state of this race. He struggled many times to complete sentences. He doesn't have a grasp on the issues. But if people watch that, they're going to question his capacity to serve. What are real PA voters saying about Fetterman? I'm an independent, by the way. I was definitely leaning towards Fetterman, and I think I have totally changed to the Oz side. Well, I am a registered Democrat. It was kind of shocking to see um, Fetterman. Unfortunately for Fetterman, I don't think he's up to it. I think he should be at home recovering and not running for United States Senate. Watch for yourself at www.pasenatedebate.com. John Fetterman won't change Washington because he can't. American Crossroads paid for and is responsible for the content of this advertising. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. www.americancrossroads.org Whose rulebook do you want to play by? The government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. 
Lots of delays on Parkway East inbound Boulevard of the Allies to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Heavy outbound Boulevard of the Allies up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Parkway West starting to clear out. Just a few delays here and there. Nadine Road is under construction closed till the 11th between Lincoln Road and Allegheny River Boulevard. Heavy inbound Crosstown Boulevard, Veterans Bridge to Liberty Bridge. Outbound Liberty Bridge delays as well. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. We'll see clear to partly cloudy skies for tonight with patchy late night fog at a low of 47. Patchy fog tomorrow morning, otherwise mostly sunny and mild. Tomorrow's high, 68. Tomorrow night, clear skies with a low of 50. Partly sunny Friday. It'll be very warm. It'll be a nice afternoon for outdoor activities as well. We'll see a high of 73. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, the black vote could have a lot to do with what happens here in Pennsylvania a week from yesterday, next Tuesday, um, and uh, could, in Pennsylvania, but all over the country. And uh, we've spent a lot of time here the last couple of years talking to uh, people from the Black Leadership Network, uh, Project 21, and they've come out with uh, what they're calling a... A blueprint for a better deal for black America. It comes out at a good time just before the election. Uh, Horace Cooper is Project 21 chairman, and he joins us now. Horace, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Hey, it's always a pleasure to come on the program. So uh, this is an eight-point... Uh, you, you cover eight different uh, areas here in this, um, in this um, blueprint. And uh, what, I, what I'm planning to do is talk to you guys about... May, uh, two of these things every week, and w- what we want to focus on today is uh, criminal justice. So you want to just give me right off the top of your head uh, what what your thoughts are on the criminal justice and what what is in this blueprint Certainly. on that issue? So, first thing I want to say is this. Um, we put together 56 ideas and innovations and uh, and solutions that we believe if adopted, would be great for improving the prospects of success in the American dream for black Americans. But I want your audience to understand, we actually think that these policies and recommendations are great because they work for everyone. It is not a case of, here's a great plan, and I'm going to have your neighbor achieve, accomplish, and succeed, and you get to pay for it. (laughs) We realize that the kinds of principles and policies that made this country such an amazing and consequential uh, country on the planet, we should adopt those kinds of approaches. And so I just want to start off by saying what we've seen since the Johnson administration has been a let's let big government fix problems. If there is illiteracy, let's let big government fix it. If there's homelessness, let's let big government fix it. If there's hunger, on down the line. And what we have seen is after trillions of dollars spent, the literacy problem continues and in fact is worse. The homelessness problem continues and is in fact worse. And the hunger problem continues and is, in fact, worse. What big government does is guarantees that there are people, I call them the problem-solving crowd, that they get to buy a new Lexus, that they get to send their kid to the best uh, schools, uh, colleges, and that they get their Aspen vacation. And they realize if they ever solve the problem, all of that goes away. Well, here's uh, just real quick, uh, the the Project 21 areas of focus and key key recommendations, criminal justice, critical race theory, we'll talk about that tomorrow, education, election integrity, employment, energy and regulation, health care, taxes and spending. Now, it it always occurs to me, uh, Horace, when I talk to you uh, and when I see this stuff, I'm looking at it here and it says blueprint for a better deal for black America, which uh, I I went through this and it's, it's really great stuff. And I'm sure you're proud of what you're doing, but if it, are, is it a case of if this works, if people follow this blueprint, that we won't have to see something that says a, it's a, a better deal for black America and we can take, take the word black out of there? 
Absolutely. So we have a sort of marketing issue because as you have been seeing and mostly your audience has been seeing, um, the mainstream media and the progressives, but then I repeat myself, uh, all of those elites claim that America wakes up every day and tries to stop the ability of black Americans to achieve their dreams. Um, you know what? When you get on the highway and there's traffic, it isn't less traffic if you're white or less traffic <laughs> if you're black. If you're actually like I was one day at a grocery store, if someone comes in and holds it up, it isn't, oh, okay, the white folks, you get to keep on shopping. It's the black people I want to interrupt. In fact, whether it's COVID, whether it's tax policy, whatever it is, these things have been disruptive for all of us. And we have decided that we want to market this as a way to bring prosperity. Remember these data points, when Donald Trump was president, actually more and more Americans prospered than we had seen in a generation. And the lower on the income scale you were, the higher the percentage of your improvement. And in fact, blacks ended up setting six separate records for low unemployment rates as well as new businesses and a whole host of improvements. But it wasn't just blacks. It was whites. It was Hispanics. It was men. It was women. I can't go to that third gender or whatever it might be, <laughs> but every American prospered. So one of our goals is, uh, in the term of criminal justice, I actually thought we should just call this section crime control. Mm -hmm. But again, we have this marketing issue. So in this area, we talk about what will make the communities safer than they presently are. One of them is we need to go back to the idea that if you do the crime, you should do the time. Three strikes and you're out. When I was a kid and my, I talked to my parents about it, they thought that was a little bit lenient. Well, we've gotten rid of that. And yeah. now it's, let me hear your story. Oh, is it sad? Oh, did this happen? You know what? There are hundreds of thousands of people who go to bed hungry. They don't break into stores. There are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, that work at jobs that they absolutely don't like. And I don't mean by race. I mean just Americans. And guess what? They don't feel like when they go over to the subway in New York City, it's a good time to push someone over into the tr in front of the train. There are some bad people out there, and they have been getting sent a signal. There is no consequence for your bad behavior. So one of the things that we want to do is change, urge Congress, urge state legislatures, change the incentive structure. If one-year sentence doesn't stop people, go to five. If five doesn't stop, go to 15. If 15 doesn't stop, go to life. And if life doesn't stop, well, as my grandfather would say, you got to hook them up to the jumper cables and <laughs> send them home to meet their maker. Here's the point. You have to have accountability. We believe that instead of having fewer law enforcement in our communities, we need to have more law enforcement in our communities. Now, the progressives and the mainstream media and the Biden administration, well, again, I'm repeating myself, are in favor of legalizing marijuana. Mm -hmm. It has been tried in Colorado. It has been tried in Oregon. It is being tried in California. And here's what we are seeing. We're seeing an epidemic of car accidents. That's the immediate answer. But we're also seeing declining test scores. We're seeing people unwilling to get up, apply, and get themselves a job. We are competing in an international arena. The Chinese are not letting their people get, get stymied by, oh, I want more Doritos, and then they take another draw on their marijuana. They're learning mathematics. We absolutely uh, have encouraged all policymakers, let's not get on the drug legalization 
bandwagon. You start with marijuana, and then it just goes to the other ones. And we are seeing marijuana potency at levels that we have never, ever seen before. We absolutely need to change the direction. And uh, one of the other things, uh, one of the, the first thing you have here is recruiting more police officers and repudiating the defund the police movement. Uh, that seems to have already started, Horace, among Democrats. They're now defending, they're now claiming that they never said defund the police. Yeah, um, they never said we, we uh, are wanting to cripple the very law enforcement efforts. Uh, Washington, D.C. is now uh, going to make any crime that is not a, quote, crime of violence no longer have jail. And we are seeing similar measures in New York State. We're seeing it in California. We're seeing it in places all across America, including a brand new push to try to do this in the state of Illinois. We need to go in the opposite direction. You need more police officers, not less. Now, uh, a lot of uh, the media won't say this, but black men are disproportionate. And apparently every time something's disproportionate, we're supposed to talk about it. Black men are disproportionately represented in law enforcement. Some 11% of law enforcement is black men, and yet black men are only 6.9% of the population. When you hammer law enforcement, undermine law enforcement, underfund law enforcement, hey, progressives out there, you're hurting blacks. And the victims are black, white, and brown. When there's no law enforcement out there, um, I, I know uh, Nancy Pelosi's house is safe, but most Americans don't even have backup cameras, a Capitol Police team watching them. What happens to them when some guy in his underwear breaks into their house? Well, for too many Americans, that's called Tuesday. <laughs> We're talking to Horace Cooper of the Black Leadership Project, Project 21. He's the chairman. He's also a senior fellow at the National Center for Public Policy Research. They have a blueprint out to uh, that they say will help uh, create a better life for black America. Um, and, and crime is obviously a big thing, and we're talking about that today. There's many other things here. But um, you also talk about um, the use of uh, increasing the use of body cameras. Uh, and you don't think that's being done enough either? Oh, absolutely not. In fact, here's what we've discovered. When we see communities roll out body cameras, all of a sudden the false, fake, lying claims being made about our law enforcement start to diminish. We have, over the last 10 years, been a witness, we Americans, to an ongoing effort to try to take any any incident between a law enforcement person and often with a minority and pretend no lie and say that the officer acted in an untoward fashion. And yet, we now are seeing better. There was a, actually a high-profile case where a uh, city council member in somewhere in a city in Georgia claimed that he was pistol-whipped because he was stopped for speeding, and then, then they released the camera. Not only was there no pistol whipping, the, uh, the gentleman who was making the fake claim actually said, thank you, officer. It is remarkable how you can diminish the level of fake uh, charges against our law enforcement and everybody, including you and me, when the camera's on, we always are on our best behavior. So... There's nothing bad about having more cameras, and there's a lot good knowing that when our boys, our women and men in blue, say that they were following the rules, we can see that that's true. It says here under uh, expand federal local law enforcement partnerships to target high crime areas, it says uh, black Americans need and want crime control, not equity control. Well, absolutely. In fact, um, even though the media uh, assured us 
that black Americans in particular and inner city residents in general were really not happy about having more law enforcement. But the problem was they made the mistake of asking people in polls. And suddenly what they saw was the largest group by race that wanted more police identified as black. It's remarkable that there is this actual, I live in the bad neighborhood, what my thoughts are, versus those that live in the gated neighborhood. You know, I've got nothing against going to the ski trip in Aspen, but those that get to travel and they often get to fly wherever they want to go and they're not worried about their carbon footprint, those people have a plan for the rest of us. There are very few neighborhoods left in America that are 100% black. Just as there are very, very few neighborhoods left in America that are 100% white. So here's the truth. If you fix a crime zone, whites, blacks, and browns are actually going to uh, benefit. Now, there are many young black men who have served in our military that would be eager to take on the role of law enforcement if it were made more popular. When Donald Trump was president, he adopted one of these, uh, 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 issued one of these orders for these kinds of uh, state and federal partnerships, and they were attempting in 19 and 20 to tackle the rising crime problem. The left said, you are taking a match and gasoline to a small fire by insisting that people are going to be held accountable. But these are the people that said, it's mostly peaceful protests. <laughs> when you can see the fire in the background, and then the insurance industry says $2 billion was paid out in claims over these, quote, mostly peaceful riots. We absolutely need to stop that. And the other thing I want to mention is carjacking is back. Yeah, we have all but killed off carjacking. The idea that when you're driving and you're trying to get to your destination, that you need to pay attention what the street sign says, what it looks like, and uh, lock your door and maybe even run the light is now the norm today because we've stopped insisting that people be punished. Federal law makes a minimum seven-year sentence, and depending on the nature of the violence, it can be as much as 25 for carjacking. And yet, the Biden administration refuses to punish those people who engage in these wanton acts of violence. All of this means is most people, that includes me, we're just not going to go into certain places. We're not going to go. Maybe it's a cool restaurant that someone told us about. Nope. It's in that area, or I have to pass through. I'm not going to go there. What happens to that proprietor? He suffers. We must reverse the crime wave epidemic in America. Hey, I'm, I'm out of time, but real quick, Horace, uh, what, uh, everything you said uh, it makes a ton of sense, but the blacks are going to vote 90% probably for Democrats again. How are you going to fix that? i got about 15 seconds. Blacks aren't going to vote uh, 90%. I think the number is going to be about 77%. A wave is coming on Tuesday, and freedom is on its way. I hope you're right. Horace, always great to have you. Thank you. Thank you. That's Horace Cooper, Project 21. We'll be right back. Remember that first paycheck when you started working all those years ago? You were finally out on your own, earning money. You looked at the net amount and thought, whoa, what happened here? It could be this way with your retirement accounts. You know how much you've saved, but if you haven't planned for the IRS, you could come up short in retirement. With tax laws constantly changing, there's a lot you need to know to make sure you're not paying more than your fair share. Roy and Jason Locks and the Synergy Group team can help. They will help you create a retirement plan that shows you how taxes 
could affect you now and in the future. To receive your complimentary tax analysis, call 412-673-7760. Make sure you know how these changes could affect you so you can avoid paying more to the IRS. Request your complimentary tax analysis today. Call 412-673-7760. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through J.W. Cole Advisors. J.W. Cole Financial and J.W. Cole Advisors are not affiliated with the Synergy Group, Inc. The Synergy Group, Inc. may not give tax advice. Our world is getting crazier. The stakes are always getting higher. And elections are right around the corner. Big days are ahead. But wouldn't it be nice to go back to the good old days? With Legacy Box, you can. Legacy Box transports you back to the glory days so you can rewatch and experience your family's past. Simpler times when the only thing that went TikTok was the clock. Legacy Box professionally digitizes your aging home movies, camcorder tapes, film reels, and photos, updating them to digital files that can't fade or be lost. Legacy Box is the safest and easiest way to save your family's captured memories. Legacy Box has been trusted by over 1 million American families. So digitize your memories with Legacy Box. Grab some popcorn and gather the family to revisit the good old days. Plus, for a limited time, we're offering a special election sale. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get an incredible deal. Buy today to take advantage of this limited offer. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, the big guy did it again. Apparently, he's uh, campaigning for Charlie Crist in Miami, uh, down in Miami-Dade County. Charlie Crist running uh, against uh, Ron DeSantis. I-, I have a better chance of becoming governor of Florida than Charlie Crist does. But uh, and I-, I saw that Charlie came out uh, just the other day, and maybe today or yesterday, and he said, uh, yeah, I'd be okay with more mask mandates if that's what the quote-unquote scientists say. You know, scientists like Dr. Rachel Levine, who follows the science and says he's a woman. That's that's the scientist we had to look at for how many months? How long was that guy in charge? We had to talk about science with him looking at us with that ugly face of his. It's just unbelievable. Anyway, what did I, I didn't mean to get off on that because I wanted to tell you that, <laughs> that the big guy said today that he went to Delaware State University. Now, Delaware State is an HBCU, historically black institution. Uh, And um, he didn't go there. He went to the University of Delaware. He said he went to Delaware State. And there's another thing out there. We may be hearing more about this. He's got a scar on his hand that doctors uh, who were asked about it said looks very much like an intravenous, you know, uh, entry. And uh, what are they pumping this guy full of? He doesn't know what day it is. This guy's got... 26 more months in office. Unbelievable. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.